0: you are going to enjoy this interview with Carlo White. He is not a basketball trainer, which you are probably used to me interviewing, but he is a businessman who loves to hoop. He made his JV team in the seventh grade, and he played all the way up to high school against some players who eventually went to the NBA. And Carlo has a knack for mnemonic devices and for acronyms that can help us in tough times and the turbulence that we're going through right now with COVID-19. So uh, he currently runs a trucking logistics company that has about 45 teammates on it. So Carlo is is familiar with growing, building, selling businesses and uh, being a wartime general. So I know you'll enjoy this podcast. Uh, Take some notes and let me know what you think about it in the Basketball Trainer Mastermind group. And without further ado, here is Carlo White. Ain't nothing like the first time of having to pay taxes and get health insurance on your own. The perks, the benefits, the secret life they don't tell you about becoming a full-time basketball trainer. What's going on? It's Mice and Jones with the Basketball to Business Podcast. We talk about basketball and sports and how it relates to business And life. And I have with me a very highly esteemed guest, Carlo White. Carlo, how are you doing?
1: Doing great, man. Great. Uh, Glad to be here. Glad you are here. So,
0: do me a favor for those who are listening on the podcast or LinkedIn, wherever it is, could you catch us up to where you are now, what you do on a daily basis, and what your process or your journey was like after uh, high school?
1: Yeah. um, So, I, am, I grew up here in the Greenville, South Carolina area. Um, so for those that are watching from Greenville, I'm a home, homegrown product. Went to the Woodmont, through the Woodmont school system. Graduated from Woodmont High, played ball down there, point guard, um, all four years. Actually played JV in the seventh grade. So I made a JV team in the seventh grade and did and, um, my amateur athletics through, um, through Woodmont, ended up going to um, Clemson. Graduated there. Uh, was in the ROTC program there. Uh, um, did my ROTC time, or well, my Air Force time, and um, right out of the college. And after that, I was a banker for Wells Fargo. And from there, I got my first business opportunity to um, purchase a nationwide insurance agency. And so I purchased that in 004, in 2004. Purchased that in 2004 and um, grew it and sold it in um, 2016. And now I'm running a a transportation logistics company, WH Trucking. And so um, right now, we get up every day and uh, try to build something. Man, I tell my group, there's no such thing as special organizations, special buildings. There's special people that make up special organizations. And so um, I'm just all about investing in my people Um, And actually, we have a a great time to invest right now as we go through this challenge with um, coronavirus and how it's disrupted business um, and how it's impacted the whole world. But it's definitely impacted my business. Uh, We're running at about 50 percent. But we just continue to uh, um, have a a vision and continue to invest in people and, 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 and keep them up to speed with truth. Um, about what's going on, how it's gonna impact us all, but then continue to sell them on the hope of what we're still gonna accomplish in this time. And so that's where we we're navigating those waters just like everyone else. So my thought process is
0: you said you played football, JV in the seventh grade, you were- Basketball, uh, basketball. Basketball in seventh grade, yeah. okay, even better, even better <laughs> And ROTC in, in college. And I'm sure you've had a chance to be a leader and learn from other leaders as well. Maybe some good, maybe some bad. What are the tendencies? You mentioned one about being truthful and keeping them up to speed. What are those tendencies or those traits that you want to exude right now for your team operating at 50% and going through this pandemic?
1: Um, I told my team, actually, it's, it's interesting. I had, I had a, it's like a premonition. I had this feeling late last year that we were getting ready to go through a um, turbulent time. And um, I've been telling my team, I didn't know it was going to be a part of a pandemic or anything, but I've been telling my team, hey guys, we've had a pretty, a pretty robust run, but we, um, it seems like the market is changing. This was last year. And so I came up with an acronym that I told them that this is what's going to get us through uh, this time is there's a saying that um, smooth seas do not make skilled sailors. And, and therefore it says, the thought of is you need rough waters to be able to hone your leadership skill your sailor skill and so i told him the one thing about navigating rough waters is you have to stay calm the one thing about sports the one thing about um let's talk about the great tom brady tom brady to me is the goat um michael jordan the goat one thing that's different about those those people it, um those two guys is when things get tough when they get down when, when adversity hits they have this crazy ability to focus in and execute, stay calm and execute. And so that's one of the things that I'm important to my team. I told them my acronym this year is gonna be CALM, which stands for clarity, um, uh, uh, clarity, accountability, leadership, and protecting our market share. So um, with my guys, I'm trying to deal with them on a mental level, because that's what's changed the game. In sports, it's all about mental. The difference between Kobe Bryant and, um, and um, uh, Vince Carter. Vince Carter is just is, is, is one of the most athletic, gifted people I've ever seen do it. The way he can jump, he can shoot the rock. What's the difference between him and Kobe Bryant? It's the mental aspect of it. It's the mamba mentality. That's why one is called the mamba, and that's why one won a dunk contest. But they both were extremely skilled. So it's the mental part of, of, of sports. It's the mental part of business. I'm trying to focus on the mental part Trying to continue to um, uh, uh, deal with my people on the mental part to make sure that their thoughts don't go negative, to make sure that they don't start getting so scared, that they just freeze and paralyze and and, and, and stop being productive because they're just so scared about tomorrow. So for me, it is about the mental aspect that I learned in sports, that I learned it um in um in leadership and in, in the Air Force, that I've taken into business and I think it gives me an edge. And I think it gives my team an edge because we deal from a cognitive standpoint, not just about circumstances, but just about, okay, this happened to us, what's our response? Where do we want to take this? And just keeping our mental focus to where we can execute instead of, instead of doing things out of emotion, execute from a mental, cognitive, strategic um, way of approach. So that's what I learned in sports, that's what I learned in the Air Force, and that's what I'm applying in business.
0: Man, that might be the whole podcast right there. Everybody, thanks for joining in. for two- no, <laughs> hey, That's a good word. That's a good <laughs> word. And really the flow of the pod, of my questions just changed because of what you just said. So uh, I want to break down calm, clarity, accountability, leadership, and protecting your market share. First, for perspective, how, how large is
1: your team? Uh, okay. I have a team. Um, we're about 45. It's about 45 of us. Um, and uh, we range from... Some some guys work with me as independent contractors, um, W-2 employees. We have a, a external and an internal. So we drive trucks, 18 wheelers. So we have about 30, about 35 drivers. Um, and it's about 10 of us inside in the internal team. So the internal team is kind of like our um administrative management team. Um, and we're we we um kind of have a bond and our job is to really take care of those guys that are really doing the job is the front um, the front line. And so that's, that's the kind of the dynamics of our team. What, so if you
0: don't mind, breakdown, you may not have this fully fleshed out. You may have it fully fleshed out. But what does that look like for every letter? I like how you have acronyms. So you can remember to have these mnemonic devices for what CALM means for you. But what does that look like every single letter for your team or for you as a leader when you speak to your team?
1: Yeah, so um, calm, so clarity is so key when you're talking about the whole fear of any of this, this pandemic, anything you go through, the fear is the unknown, right? The fear is coming up against something that is new to you. So the clearer you can be um, as to expectations, to get out of the unknown, expectations, this is what I expect of you, this is what I expected of them, before we entered into this, ad, um, into this adversity. And now that we're going into it, I am clear as to about this is what I expect out of you now. And this is what you can expect out of me. And so just bringing clarity, it is, um, there's some, there, there's someone that says that, um, clarity makes for, um, the best contract. Cause if we're clear as to it, expectations, you can now not only hit the expectations, but exceed the expectations. The last thing you want to do is try to, um, uh, shoot a dart at a bullseye that hadn't been clarified. So that's what we're doing. We're, we're just continuously updating them on where we are, what the expectations of them, what they can expect out of us, hearing from them to what they expect out of us um, as a leadership team. And so that helps, um, helps get everybody uh, to just calm down and continue to focus. The uh, accountability part, that's huge. Um, that's huge for us in that we have values, we have core values. Um, integrity first, service above self and excellence and all we do, but one of the things we do is we have behaviors. Behaviors are, you have to be dependable, flexible, and with a good professional attitude. Those are the, that's how we kind of judge how we deal with each other. That's how we judge the drivers. Are they dependable? Are they flexible? Do they um um do they um, pr- uh, project a professional good attitude? And so with um, accountability, it's holding people accountable to those standards, not just being words that you put up on the wall or nice little fluffy stuff, values and all that type stuff, but actually trying to get it to where we live it out, which the way we deal with each other when we shorten their paycheck because we missed a run that they they, they actually went and did the work. We did missed it in our um, pay system and now we shorted a paycheck. Well, how do you bring that to us? Do you bring it to us cussing us out? Do you bring it to us threatening to leave? All of that is holding each other accountable to hold up. Those are not our, that's, that's not our core values, and those are not our, um, our behaviors. Um, when you're disappointed, when, when we're asked to do something extra from a client because a client is in a jam, do we throw our hands up and say, hey, my shift is over, I'm out of here? Or do we go ahead and be flexible enough to take care of the client so that, um, 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 so that hopefully that relationship grows and we have more business in the future? Holding each other accountable is to have clarity as to what we, what we want and then being able to challenge each other as to, hey, that fell, that fell short. That's not what we do. Um, this is the WH way. Um, um, we do it like da-da-da-da-da. We're dependable. We're flexible. And we have good attitudes. So um, clarity, then holding people accountable to what you've been clear on. Um, on the leadership part is we talk about the hardest person to lead is yourself. And so we focus on leadership is on self-leadership. We have uh, metrics in our evaluation systems. For example, everyone in here has something that they're working on this year because in our evaluations, everybody had goals and they have something that they're working on. Well, in our check-ins, it's more about that person talking about where they are, what they're doing right, and what they're doing wrong, what they need to work on, that person leading themselves. Everyone in our team, we want leaders. We don't want followers leaders is just um the art of influencing people you you influence people by adding value to people and the more value you add to people the more influence you have over them and so we all try to focus on our goals and how we're helping the team and we hold and we hold ourselves accountable to our own goals and how we're adding value to the team and so that leadership portion is cru- um, crucial and here's the thing the market share is just a bar- byproduct if we're clear about 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 uh, what we're trying to accomplish and how we're trying to accomplish it. If we, um, if, we're, if we hold ourselves, if we hold each other accountable to what we're asking and what um, they're asking of us, and then we hold ourselves even higher accountable to our own goals of adding value to the team and to our clients so that we can continue to grow in our influence, our market share is going to grow. Market share is a byproduct of just going through the rest of it. So,
0: yeah, Hold on one second. I'm trying to see if you guys are hiring right now. no that that sounds great that sounds great and it sounds like those core values and those behaviors are things that you came about from experience and not so much uh guesswork
1: oh yeah
0: like you ain't reading the book and just say these are our core values these are because they just fit so well together you know what i mean yeah hold each other accountable let's let's do it in a a a professional way right let's be, be flexible and be dependable even though it wasn't your fault it's your responsibility so I don't know. I like that. As you were talking about it, I saw how those things kind of intertwine. Yeah, yeah. So for for you, uh, another thing I want to uh, talk about the Carlo and Nico White Foundation. When did that come about? And, and fill us fill us in on that if you if you care to talk about that foundation, because um, I know yeah, it's doing a lot um, of good for other entrepreneurs and small business owners in the community.
1: Well, the foundation is actually. Um, it was inspired, to be honest with you, with um, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. But ultimately, if you want to go to the core of the root, root, root causes, um, the foundation is fueled by um, Christ, commerce, and community. And all through those C's, Christ, commerce, and community have had a massive impact on, on Nika and my life. So I wouldn't have married Nika. Nika and I got married uh, our junior year in college. And before then, anyone who knew me knew, I don't know that I had one monogamous relationship up to that point, man. I mean, it's just, that wasn't my thing. Um, hanging out with one person wasn't my thing. So Christ's impact on me changed the game for me. i done done playing games with women, done chasing um, crazy stuff in the streets. And that allowed me to be able to really settle down and, and, and begin this journey with Nika um, we're 23 years into it and it is sweeter than it was when we got together as teenagers. So Christ has done it, his love, because I would have self-destructed, she would have self-destructed because we're two alpha personalities and we stay at each other's throats, except for Christ calms us down and keeps us coming back towards each other. So his impact on us has been, has been just crazy. So then you take that over into commerce. My dad was a small business owner and, um, We grew up low income, um, single parent house, but just seeing my dad go out and do business for himself inspired me to want to do business. And when I left corporate America um, and came and started doing my own business, man, there is no way that my wealth and my impact would even be near what it is now if I wouldn't have ever took that leap and got into something that my income was unlimited. And so, what what I've been able to make over the course of the last uh um 15, 15 plus years in my own business. Now let, now let me be clear, we have had some rough times, but the times we've had rough balanced with the times that we've had good, it outweighs the fact that we are net positive if we would if I would have just stayed in my nine to five. So I want more people to be able to um follow their dreams Um, have some support, take the lead and try to build a business that can truly change not only their life, but generations. Um, and being community, me and Nika are product of this Greenville, this upstate community. Um, and I tell everybody, whatever we give back to the community, it's just, um, it's just interest on the investment that the community has made into us. And so this thing is about Us, Um, we are blessed to be a blessing, and we want to build a community of people who understand that truth. And I don't care where you are; you are blessed, and now it's time to be a blessing. And you can, through money, through your through your efforts, through your your time, through through your talents. Um, And so we're just using everything that we've been given to make sure that we um, honor Christ, that we um, support um, business entrepreneurship, and you're an entrepreneur even if you work at a W two. That's the one thing that we're, we, I, I push. Everyone thinks an entrepreneur is someone who has a building with a name on it. An entrepreneur, to me, is someone who solves problems for a profit. You learn to solve problems, you will profit, and you got to start doing that in every aspect of your life. So every one of us, are our own businesses. If you sell your time to GE and they give you a W-2, who cares if you get a W-2? You just sold your time to GE. If you sell your time to Michelin. You just sold your time to Michelin, and so you're your own business. And so we want to pr- promote that mindset, so then people can understand that if I'm my own business, if I increase my value, I get to sell my time to GE to Michelin at a higher value. If I learn to solve problems, I'll profit more on my nine to five. I'll profit more in my small business. So uh, price, commerce, and then community, and just continue to um, build this mindset, so that uh, hopefully we as a brown people can can take. Can take the next step in wealth building. And
0: I, I like that too. Again, it, it all intertwines with the three C's of Christ, commerce, and community, and not to turn it into a sermon because I know everyone doesn't have the same spiritual or religious beliefs. Uh, but it, it's interesting to me if you strip aside the, the relig- religiosity, the spirituality, you have somebody, a man, Christ, Jesus Christ, who one has sold more books than anybody, any other author in the world, has one in three people following him uh, without a social media account. Right. I mean, he's he's accomplished a lot of really positive things and a lot of amazing features. If you look at it from a business perspective, you know, yeah. so I guess my question for you would be what business principles would you say you've taken? You mentioned it, how he's impacted you in your marriage, but what business principles would you say has been impacted by his values, by his
1: his business that he's done? Well, he simply he's the greatest leader um, to ever um, to ever do it. Um, a leadership, again, it's just the art of influencing people. And the way you influence people is add value to people. Um, and I know it's not about position. The lowest level of leadership is to lead because you're the coach. Lead because you're the starting part guard. Now you're a leader because you're in the starting lineup. No, 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 no. You lead no, no matter whether you're the last man on the bench or you're the last or you're the first person um, um, in the game. It doesn't matter your position. True leadership is if you're the person on the furthest part on the bench, adding value, scouting the film, being able to tell the starter that, Hey, this is this person's tendencies. And as you add value, the team is going to always want you with them. And you and the team is always going to look to you and, add, and ask you questions and, and cause you're adding value. And you're going to gain influence over the team. And so that's what Jesus Christ did. It wasn't about position for him. It was about adding value through him, giving his life for the benefit of others, um, it was about him doing something so that others could benefit that made his life such that we now are influenced I'm influenced by him, like you said, what you say one in three? Okay, so one in three are still influenced by this man that walked uh, 2,000 years ago on the earth. He still has this type of impact on people. it's because he he figured out a way to add value to people through servant leadership um, and now that adding value has given them great influence. I do the same thing in my business. My, my business model is about me serving my people. This is what we say. We have three more C's in our, in our company. So we take care of our colleagues so that our colleagues can take care of our clients so our clients can give us the props to take care of our community. But at the end of the day, it's all about servanthood. We spend our time and I spend my time on how can I make this the best place to work in the world how can I take care of each one and every one of my colleagues, each and every one of the people that work with me day in day? How can I take care of them? Because if I take good enough care for them, they're going to walk out of this place with high morale. They're going to walk out of this place with pride, and they're going to go take good care of our clients. And if we keep taking good care of our clients, our clients are going to refer us. Our clients are going to increase our business. And we're going to get the profits um, the, um, we need to go take care of our community. Everything is about service because everything about Jesus was about service. And that's how I'm going to grow my influence inside of my company, that's how my company's going to grow our influence with our clients. and That's how we ultimately is going to grow influence in this community. He's the greatest leader to ever do it, man. And we just, we're just trying to follow his example through servant leadership. So
0: a few more questions, if you will, if you have time for that. Uh, first one, it's kind of a, a, a random shift, but who is more competitive? Is it you or Dr. Nico White?
1: Yeah, um, I would say me. I would say me, cause she is competitive. But at some point, she'll say, "Yeah, you take it too far." I mean, so what? <laughs> too far? You the more competitive person? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, That's I don't. I don't do anything um, halfway. So one of the, this be funny. So one of the things to where it's just like it gets on her nerves is when we dance. Um, every, we need to dance. I mean, we need to get it in. I mean, you need to be on beat. You, I mean, she'd be like, we just out here to have fun. No, man. So, <laughs> oh, there are people watching. <laughs> other people dancing. Our stuff need to be more together than theirs. So, yeah, I'm very, I'm very competitive.
0: With everything, though. It's business, it's basketball, it's dancing, whatever.
1: Dude, dude, I don't know. I don't know how to do anything halfway. Yeah. Oh, that's so, funny. So, that, I don't brag, like, if, like, if we were going out and if I were to brag to you and say, nah, man, for real, I can bowl. You can count it. I really can bowl. Because I don't, I mean, I'm just not going to go out here and say I can do something and can't do it. If I tell you, if I accept an invite, yeah, we'll we'll play pool. It's because I can really play pool. I'm not going out there to do nothing with you that, that I can't do and you blow me off. No, no. So if we if we ever hook up pool, uh, basketball, bowling, it's because it's cause I can do it. And I'm going to compete. So. I ain't the best at everything, but nah, you gonna feel me. You gonna know I was there. <laughs> so okay, if you, do you still hoop? You know what? My no, I haven't. I haven't hooped in a while. The last time I actually um hoop, um, I I I I, I volunteered with this program at Clemson, um, All Journey, which is a it's it's, it's kind of like what you have from um basketball to business, but it's it's about um uh, these guys after football so they have a a, um a program in part called the fifth quarter so what you've you've played on the field for four quarters what you're going to do off the field well we had an internship a lot of football players came down um spent spent a week with us in the business um learning learning what we do in the business um and so that a a game broke out and um yeah that's the last time i ducked off my skills and i was surprised man um I mean, if you if, if, if need, need to call it up, nah, it's, it's in there.
0: It's in there. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. I'll keep that in mind. And mm-hmm. I guess the last the last question I want to ask you is, is there any other message or any piece of wisdom that you've gotten from any of the, the mentors, guys you've introduced me to, that I've gone and talked to who have a wealth of wisdom, is there any wisdom that you would share with anybody who's a young professional right now, uh, going through this time that wants to, utilize their time wisely while they have this social isolation but also wants to come back stronger what piece of wisdom would you give them from yourself or from someone else that really helped you out
1: it's the same thing um and because like you said you try to focus on one thing of course you know wisdom is so vast there's so many points of wisdom but if we were to just stay focused on one thing to me it's the mental aspect it is it is he hard Ecker. Um, the book is um, The Secrets of the Millionaire Mindset. T. Harv Ecker, The Secrets of the Millionaire Mindset. It's an amazing book. And if you, anyone out there listening, if you just pick it up, order it, get it, and read it. I read it about once a year. It just talks about a wealthy mindset. Most people think wealthy is a number. Wealthy is not a number. It's a mindset. And, um, and, and here is the, 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 the mindset of a wealthy person. They understand that the battle is mental. It's, 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 it's your thought life. T. Hart Hecker says this in his book. This is how the process of manifestation. Your thoughts lead to your feelings. Your feelings leads to your actions and your actions lead to your results. Many people try to try to deal with life on a feeling base. I don't feel life and, and, and I feel some type of way and I feel something. Well, wealthy people understand that your feelings are a byproduct of your thoughts. So you can never really change your feelings. You only can change your thoughts and then your thoughts will then change your feelings. Mary Ingebritt said this, she says that if you don't like something, change it. And if you can't change it, change the way you think about it. And if you change the way you think about it, your feelings will change about it, and then therefore you will be able to, uh, you'll just, it'll be just like it's not there anymore. So I I, I say that and, and I lead into this. So, the power of your mind is so strong, and we got to learn. Wealthy people learn how to master their own mind. Let me give you an example. I, I tell this example in sports. When I went to Wilma, we, we used to ball and everything. We used to play against Southside and all that type of stuff. And to be honest with you, we never really thought we had a championship. We didn't think we had a championship team. And it doesn't matter what anybody say. I mean, if you'd ask us a question, like, yo, we're going to win a chip or whatever. And we didn't. We didn't and we were not willing to put in the work, and so, and so we would go to practice. We would goof off a little bit. We, you know, everybody was wanting to really put up their numbers and hang out with the ladies after the game. That, that basically all that was for us. Now you go across up the street to Southside. Had Merle Code, had Jamon, uh, had uh, uh, Mike Menefield, Eldred Lehman. Those boys who had championship quality, so they were willing to put in the time. They had the talent and everything. And it's just this. They thought they were champions, and they were willing to work like champions. We didn't think we were champions. We We were not willing to work like champions. Now, you switch it. If we just thought we were champions and put in the work, I don't know if we'd have won a championship, but I bet you we would have made the playoffs. I bet you we might have made the second round because we would have put in the work. It is the thought that dictated everything. We didn't think we were champions, and we missed the playoffs. We didn't think we were champions, we didn't feel like champions. We didn't work like champions. and so it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. we didn't win a championship. Mastering the mind is so key. When you think you're a champion, you feel like a champion, you are willing to work like a champion, and you will receive championship results. Same thing in this, same thing with where we are right now. If you're feeling like, um, um, if you're feeling like sluggish and what's the use and everything, challenge that thought. Challenge that thought. If the world's coming to the end, it ain't gonna matter anyway. But let's just say that this is gonna lift one day, and we go back out in the street. Challenge that thought that 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 there is no use. There is a use. It's a time to get better. It is a time to increase your value. It is a time to get sharper. It is a time to hone your skill. It is a time to add value and increase your influence. It's a time because we're gonna leave here, and I want to leave here with more value than I came into this shutdown with. Is those Thoughts that allow you to then feel like yes I need to go ahead and put in this time even though I don't know when we need to um when we're going to get out of here I still need to put in the work I still need to as an athlete um I'm training my body even though I don't know when we're going to play sports again I still need to be preparing I still need to be getting ready because I feel like when we come out as I'm because I'm thinking when we come out of here I want to be sharper so I feel like I need to do the work and then I'll get the results of coming out of this thing better Sharper, ready to go, and um, take my place in the world. So it is the mental part that the people that I've studied have mastered, and I now concentrate on mastering. That's the game change Some people can call it the mama mentality, uh, but um, that's what it is. It's, it is the mental part of the game that separates Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, and Kobe Bryant from the other great athletes. That's what's going to separate you. That's what's that's what's separating me right now.
0: Carlo White, that was educational, edifying. Uh, I know those two of the E's that you guys focus on, but I, I appreciate your time. I know the listeners are going to appreciate the wisdom and the insight you shared here, man. So really, really am grateful for the time, and I can't wait to see you
1: after all this stuff settles. Hey, bro, looking forward to it, man. Um, as someone told me, man, we want everyone listening. We want you, Myson, and your family to um, uh, stay positive and test negative. <laughs>